And welcome back to another episode of Inside Yachting South Africa. In this episode, we're going to speak to Captain Ryan Avery. He is a private skipper here based at the VNA Waterfront. We're going to get uh, some insight into his job and what it takes to be a private captain and what his day is a little bit like. And also some advice for some of the up and coming deckhands, crew and captains. We'll also get you caught up on the inside yachting portion of the show with the current J22 World Championships that are happening in Durban, South Africa. So stay tuned for more. And we're back and we're joined by Ryan Avery, captain of a private vessel here at the VNA Waterfront. For obviously reasons, I'm not going to go into the, the name of the vessel. I don't think Ryan will either. And that's just privacy. Um, some owners don't really mind. They like people to know what boat they have and uh, kind of showy. Some of them don't. And I think for reasons for today, we're not going to go into that. But that's not what this conversation about. Ryan, welcome to uh, Inside Yachting South Africa. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Eric. Good to be here. Um, I just want to start out with, um, just give us some background on yourself, um, kind of your history growing up and getting to the point where you are now as a captain on a yacht here at the waterfront. Um, I think, I don't know, I might've had a bit of a different journey, um, to where I am at the moment. Um, I predominantly started sailing, you know, sailing is my passion and that's really what I do for, for fun. Um, so I came up through the optimists and dab checks and local classes, um, Started sailing some keelboats and got pretty into that. Um, did a couple of uh, South Atlantic races through to Rio and that sort of thing. So built up a hell of a lot of miles doing that. Um, and then I think it was uh, probably about 10, 12 years ago. Um, did a stint as a sailmaker. Um, worked for North and, uh, and Quantum and uh, the other uh, Ullman sails. Um, and then after that, it was pretty much been at the right place at the right time where uh, somebody had resigned at short notice and uh, they needed somebody with a sticker, skipper's ticket and had uh, the right qualifications to do it and I was there and they needed me and that's kind of how it all kind of started happening. Okay, that's cool. And do you start out um, skippering, was it a smaller vessel than the one on you're on now or you go straight into the into the big leagues? Um, well, yeah, no, it was... Uh, a little bit smaller. She was uh, 48 feet, um, currently on a 43-footer. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really much difference. But yeah, pretty much straight in. Okay. And and um, a typical day for yourself um, when you have... I, I know there aren't typical days in this industry, <laughs> as we all know. But kind of just to give the listeners an idea, um, there's a lot of expiring crew and skippers and captains out there. What's a typical day without the boss being on board? And a typical day with the boss being on board. Um, well, yeah, I mean, typical day without the boss on board. That's that's relatively straightforward. You know, we we all arrive and we have a have a quick, quick chat with our deckhand team. Um, we're quite lucky here. I have a permanent deckhand and a permanent stewardess uh, full time. Uh, so I have a quick meeting with him, and uh, and then I, you know, we decide what we're going to tackle for the day, and uh, if there have been any breakages, etc. Or maintenance and then uh, another quick meeting with the uh, stewardess on the inside and we just go through you know what what she needs to achieve for the day and if there's any uh provisioning or any of that for any upcoming trips um sure for a 
a typical day when the boss is on board, it's very difficult because it's never typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, typical day, we're probably on site on board the vessel if we haven't stayed over that night uh, by about six o'clock. Um, just making sure that uh, everything's uh, packed away and cleaned up after uh, the festivities that evening. Um, and then we uh, prep for uh, for breakfast service. We on board our vessel, we are provisioned to cater for three meals a day. Uh, so we prepare for a, a cooked breakfast um, and obviously tea and coffee service and uh, the, the stuff that goes along with that. So yeah, that's a typical morning. Um, then generally we would probably head out to sea, uh, spend the day in the bay, probably maybe go around to Hart Bay or Robben Island. Um, and then uh, lunch on board. Yeah, and uh, we tend to try and return back to the dock uh, probably just after sunset um, and then uh, dinner service on board. Yeah, that's typical there. Okay. You talk about the crew that you have on board the vessel. Um, I take it these are, these are full-time crew members you have on board there. And then uh, I know through my company as well, we have a lot of uh, students who finish up their maritime studies, Super Yacht Academy training, and they can't wait to get to the Med or the Caribbean um, somewhere out of South Africa, um, but they have they have no experience, and I know a lot of them come to yourself and and to our company as well to try to gain the experience. Um, do you do you find that uh, do you do you find that advantageous to not only your vessel but also to them? What are they getting out of it by coming and spending some time with uh, with yourself? Yeah, so I think we're in a very good and lucky situation as a uh, as an industry here where we do have quite a few schools running the stewardess and deckhand courses, um, which does give us uh, pretty good pickings for, for permanent staffing and even day work for um, these uh, ladies and gentlemen that want to, uh, to better their career. So in saying that, both our stewardess and deckhand have come through the, the various schools here. Um, our previous stewardess who left us recently has uh, gone on to a 53 meter vessel um, in Spain um, and she pretty much walked into the job. Um, so yeah, from that, our, the training here is great. Um, for those inspiring to, to leave, to go overseas, it's the best stepping stone for that. You know, we, we're not anywhere near the size or the amount of crew or as demanding as some of the charter vessels uh, in Europe or the Mediterranean, but we definitely give you a, a good platform and a good stepping stone to, to go further. Yeah, we, we run a work experience program, um, we call it with, with our company, and we kind of just tell them when they come along, this is to gain confidence. So when you get on board a vessel overseas, you're not just kind of standing there um, shell-shocked on working on board a, a boat. Um, a lot of the, the academies, they will clean the same boat each week. So you end up cleaning a clean boat, um, <laughs> with, uh, with, I know with your vessel, it's, uh, every day it's cleaned. I, I can see it every day being cleaned and it isn't, uh, it isn't clean when they start that, let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, Eric, I think just for those, um, those students that are finishing up their deckhand or stewardess courses, the one thing I do want to say is, you know, I, we all see what goes on in the marina and, and what vessels are being cleaned and being used and that. 
And I just think that they must, when they decide to do a day work, they're generally going to be doing this to get a CV or a, a, a remark on a, a reference or something. So they're not getting paid. But make sure you choose the right vessel to come and do your uh, your time on, you know. Because there are, there are some vessels out there that uh, expect you to rock up and, and there's no one there to supervise you or, or guide you or they just kind of leave you to do your own thing, uh, which is great, but it actually doesn't help you. So just make sure you're on, on the right vessel to, to better yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. We like to, to uh, put them on board the vessel. We show them by ourselves doing the work. Um, we supervise them doing the work, and then we kind of give them a little bit of leeway to do the work unsupervised so we can actually get a good critique of, of how they do it. And also then they learn. And uh, yeah, we find it's from our past. People who have worked with us get a hold of us all the time and say it was the best thing I ever did. Um, I didn't get over here and I wasn't just wide-eyed going, what's the all happening here? So anyways, we'll move on from that. Um, your aspirations, your your based here in Cape Town, you're running a boat here in Cape Town, um, any reason you're not like so many others jumping on the airplane and going to the Med or the Caribbean to uh, to run super yachts overseas? Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, where I am now and how I got you was kind of being at the right place at the right time. Um, I wasn't, actually I was a sailmaker and I was into sailing, um, so I did a, a short stint as a sailmaker um, in the in the US. Um, so I have done my overseas time. I'm married. I have a family. Uh, my roots are here in South Africa. Um, so again, like I said, I wasn't, this wasn't something that I was planning on. I kind of just got, got into it. Um, and that's the reason why I haven't uh, gone, you know, into the whole super yacht uh, things overseas. Okay, cool. And one last point on the um, coming up through the, the ranks and that how do you suggest someone start? They, they listen to this podcast or they, they've been put onto it and now how do you how do you get into this industry? Where's a good starting point? Um, a good starting point. I mean, I think it just depends on the person that is that is sort of wanting to get into the industry. You know, if you're a person like me that's grown up sailing and in boating and that sort of thing, I would advise them to actually go and get a skipper's ticket. Um Probably, if your plans are to head overseas, you want to go for an RYA. If you want to stick around locally, you have to do the local SAMHSA ticket. So, if you're a greenie, um, boating hasn't been in your family and you want to... This is a complete new uh, adventure for you. Definitely go and do the, the deckhand or stewardess course. And also, this is not gender-specific, you know. There are male stewardesses out there and there are female deckhands. Um... And you know what? A female deckhand, you can go very far. If you do both courses, you know, you're, you've definitely got a good footing to uh, to get employed. You're more desirable on the, on the smaller vessels because you can do both. Sometimes you'll have just a, a captain and then you've got a deck, what they call a deck stew. Uh, cooking course is also something that I think is, is great to have. Um, no matter who you are, male or female, if you can cook and make a bed and and clean some dishes, uh, serve a table, um, and, and work outside line handling and be able to watch, uh, Definitely, it, yeah. you're, you're worth more. Everyone's going to start out at the same money, but you're going to be more desirable to smaller boats, especially. Yeah. And those of the, and those of them that go over with an actual skipper's ticket, 
I mean, that just makes you even more employable, you know? Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Captain Avery, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, thanks. And uh, we'll see you on the water. No worries. Cheers. This portion of the show is brought to you by Cape Town Yacht Services, your one-stop shop for all of your boating needs. From washdowns to buffing to specializing in wrapping your boat for transport overseas, contact Cape Town Yacht Services on 072-688-1444 or find them on Facebook or their website, capetownyachtservices.com. Here's this episode of Racing Roundup. In this episode, we're going to have a little look at the J22 World Championships currently underway in Durban, running out of the Point Yacht Club. Uh, this event wasn't held the last two years, obvious reasons, but they're back at it. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of international competitors could make it to this event. Uh, normal reasons for that. Anyways, uh, in this event, it's being led quite comfortably by Nitro Juice, skippered by David Ray. He's got a 10-point lead on second place, running with scissors uh, on sitting on 21 points, and then Battle Axe 3 on 31 points. So yeah, quite a big gaps between first, second, and third there. Very tight racing, I understand. Um, already a black flag at the start, so the guys are pushing. There's, there's no holding back on this regatta. This regatta runs until the 8th of July, and uh, next week I will get you caught up on all the finishing there. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inside Yachting South Africa. I want to say thank you to Captain Ryan Avery for his time today and his kind of insight into uh, what it takes to be a a captain on on a yacht and also some advice for some youngsters coming up through the ranks, getting their skipper's credentials and what to do next. A great big thank you to him. Also, I want to thank Waterfront Houseboats for once again allowing us to use their, their beautiful, amazing yacht as a studio and Cape Town Yacht Services once again if you need anything done give them a shout capetownyachtservices.com we'll be back again shortly with another episode of Inside Yachting South Africa